This is the show with Cannon Brown. We got to have good people. We can talk all day about African swine fever and disease challenges and antibiotic use, but we got to have good people in the swine industry. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? What's up, guys, and welcome to the show. As always, I'm your host, Cannon Brown, and guys, it's August. This year has flown by. Summer has flown by. I I don't know where 2019 went, but here we are, August 1st, 2019, and fall is right around the corner, guys, and I am very excited about it. It's my favorite season of all time. I love the weather. I love the trees. I love the smells. Yes, even the smells, guys, and I know you know what I'm talking about. That fall smell, oh, wow. I wish they would like bottle that up. I've tried candles. They don't smell the same. They just don't. It's whatever. And I know Arizona doesn't really have that great of seasons, guys, but I just try to imagine it, honestly. I just put pictures of fall leaves in my room just so I can be surrounded by it, but it's not real. I just I just have to lie to myself, but um wow, we just got it. I got in the fall a little hard there. You guys can you guys know now how I feel about fall. I love it, but I just can't experience it cuz I live in Arizona. But maybe someday I'll get out of here and I'll get to experience all the seasons. Wow, talking a lot about seasons. Okay. Let's talk about the guest, huh? His name is Greg Cron. Uh, he's a, uh, I'm just going to start out. He's a past National Junior Swine Association junior board member. And I, I picked that accolade out. He's got many. But I picked that one out because I met him when he was on the junior board. He's one of the main reasons why I ran and served on the, uh, on the junior board for the NJSA. He's a huge mentor to me. I looked up to him. Uh, a lot when I was younger and I don't think he knew the impact that he had on me Um, it was kind of one of those relationships where uh, he was just an older kid and I just kind of looked up to him and I don't think he understood the impact but hopefully he does now because I think very highly of him and I hope you guys really enjoy the interview you might have seen him at expo a couple years back Um, he judged the junior division there did an awesome job in showmanship uh, he's always on the Walton webcasting uh, webcast, talking about shows and stuff like that. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Uh, fantastic guy. I can't talk uh, more good things about him. You're going to learn more about him in this interview, so I don't really feel like talking about him anymore. Uh, and I talk too much anyway. So without further ado, let's do it, Mr. Greg Cron. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. Well, how was, uh, how's work been? It's been really good. Um, was on farm this morning uh, for the first half of the day and then in the office rest of the day working on some emails and different uh, reports and projects working on. So it was a good good Monday. Can't complain. Nice little office day, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, Greg, I, I feel like I know you pretty well, but I don't even uh, know where you're from. So wh- where are you from? So originally from Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Uh, which is just about a half hour north of Milwaukee. I'm only five miles from Lake Michigan, so way on the east side of of Wisconsin, southeast corner of the state. Okay, yeah, that's where your accent comes from, I guess. I can hear it now. Yeah, Wisconsin, as everyone <laughs> says. Put pick fun on the Wisconsinites. So, well, how'd you how'd you like it up there? What'd you do for fun? Yeah, so we grew up uh, in the country. Both parents uh, worked in town, but we had a little hobby farm out in the country and. We grew up, uh, 
around a lot of poultry and then started to get into pigs when I was 10 years old and really just kind of took off from there. But just like any, uh, anybody in Wisconsin, big football, big Green Bay Packers fan, you know, follow the Brewers and the Bucks and, and, uh, we, we go to the lakes a lot in the summer too. So, and of course had our fair share of snow every winter as well. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful state. I, I never have been up there personally, but, um, I've got a lot of family that's from there. My grandpa actually played for Wisconsin football when he was up there. So, uh, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was at, he was a punter. Um, <laughs> so, nice. I mean, he still played. <laughs> yeah. Heck, yeah to go I've, to... always, I've always wanted to go up to Madison and, and see how it is up there. It's an awesome um, game day experience. And just same thing with Wisconsin and, and Green Bay. It's uh, fun to go to football games in both those cities. Yeah, definitely. Now, now you said you kind of your family had a little bit of a, a hobby farm, or was there a, lobby, a lot of hobby farms uh, by you? Well, we had a hobby farm, is kind of what I call it. So we had chickens and turkeys and pigeons growing up, and then uh, kind of how I got into pigs. Actually, mom said when I was about four years old, uh, just kind of out of nowhere, she's like, I, I went up to her and I said, "Mom, can I get pigs?" And she kind of looked at me, looked at me funny, and said. Yeah, Dad and I will talk about it. Well, six years later, they finally caved in, and when I was 10, I got pigs, and it just pretty much fell in love with from there. Both my uh, grandparents and my dad's side grew up on, on a dairy farm, um, so it's kind of in my blood, animal agriculture, but uh, that's really how I got into the swine industry. We didn't have FFA at our high school. Uh, we had a high school of about 1,200. I'd say there's probably four or five kids in the whole high school I'd consider farm kids. I mean, it's a pretty urban uh school so really didn't have or didn't have ffa at all but 4-h and just really kind of fell in love with showing pigs and meeting people and that's what kind of really got me interested in pursuing animal agriculture after high school you know i like i like your story because uh that's how most kids get into this industry uh they're not kind of born on that huge farm or uh they don't have a large uh like row crop operation they're just their parents are kind of hobby farmers. They have chickens and, and turkeys and stuff like that. And then kind of it, it just expands a little bit. You find 4-H and then boom, you're you're in love with it. That's awesome. Well, that's exactly right. That's what's getting a lot of kids interested in the swine industry now. Like you said, the the days of, you know, their mom and dad having 20 or 50, you know, sows or 100 sows is kind of not obsolete, but becoming less and less. And 4-H and NJSA and Team Purebred have done an excellent job taking those kids, getting them interested in the swine industry, and then, um, you know, ultimately having them pursue a career in animal agriculture. Exactly. Now, now, when you're in 4-H uh, and in that small little town, do you realize that this could uh, become kind of a future for you? It, do you realize that you kind of want to pursue this uh, collegiately? You know, that's a great question. Um, when I was in grad school, somebody asked me, how did you realize you wanted to pursue a career in agriculture? And I kind of think about it. And we used to go to what's considered livestock show camp. It was a camp that the Wisconsin Livestock Breeders Association put on every summer at the state fairgrounds. And it was kind of a weekend camp. And we loved going to it uh, when we were showing. And every year they would bring in different speakers um, and uh Brian Arnold, Brett Kaysen, Mark Hogue, um, some of those would come in and we just love to meet them, love to learn from them and interact. And I think it was kind of at that point, it was the people 
uh, that, you know, we got to, to meet and work with that really kind of draw my interest that, boy, these are great people, extremely knowledgeable. I want to surround myself with people like that. You know, it almost kind of worked to my advantage a little bit that I didn't have an FFA program. So when I went to those events, I was extremely hungry to absorb as much knowledge as I could. And I think, you know, that kind of still held true when I was in college is that I didn't have any ag classes in high school. So when I went to college, I tried to learn as much as I could um, and take advantage of as many opportunities as I possibly could. And then uh, that ultimately opened a lot of doors for me and a lot of opportunities. And, and uh, uh, that's been very good. Yeah, definitely. And, and those three guys that you just mentioned, I mean, Brian Arnold, Mark Hogue, and Brett Case, and those are three of the most inspirational speakers in our industry. And if they can't get you fired up about wanting to love this industry and stick with it, I don't know who will. I mean, I've yeah. I, I've heard, I don't think I've ever heard a Mark Hogue speech, maybe on Facebook when he's talking at a show or something, but I've heard Brett Kaysen and Brian Arnold speak, uh, and gosh, they know how to command a room, and, and they have the expertise to where people... They want to listen to them and want to know what they have to say. Um, and I, I could tell that um, if you were going to those camps, definitely you're going to absorb that for sure. Yeah, that's you're exactly right. They got you fired up and, and wanting to, to do great things in the industry. Now, is uh, Wisconsin-Plattsville where you, where you end up going to college after high school, is, is that the college that has the ag program in Wisconsin? Yeah, so the University of Wisconsin-Madison um, is the Division One school in the state, um, very well known for their dairy program. And then there's kind of two other smaller, they're Division Three schools, about 12,000 students at, at each of those. And they also have an ag program. And uh, love my time in Platteville. I spent two years there. Um, very well known for their dairy and beef programs. Has a swine uh, teaching farm. Um, and, and love my time there, love the people I interacted with. But, uh, the biggest thing I wanted to be on a livestock judging team. I didn't have one in high school. And, um, although I love my time at Plotville, you know, kind of going back to that, I was still hungry for more. I still wanted more. And that's kind of what led me to, to transfer to Western Illinois after my sophomore year. So did two years at Plotville then finished up my bachelor's at, at Western. So you didn't judge at all in high school or in your first two years of college? I never gave a set of reasons until the fall semester of my junior year. Oh, my. And you're going into senior college without any experience. That's exactly right. Brave. You brave <laughs> soul. Oh, gosh. I can't. I was, that's awesome, dude. The Just the courage that I would have to have to just go in there with kids that you know have been doing it for 10, 10 years probably. And... Oh gosh, good on you! Uh, I was a greenhorn, as as Hogue would say. I had uh, yeah. worked hard at it, but I had a really good team, and and Mark was a great coach to really start at ground zero and work up from there. Well, especially yeah, I I mean you hear coaches all the time. They say, I'd rather have uh, an in house kid that hasn't done anything before because they're going to be coachable. They're not going to have all this stuff in their head from other coaches or or other experiences going through contests. They're going to listen to me, and it, that's almost better for some coaches to have that. Exactly. Don't have any bad tendencies, yeah. and I didn't have any experience judging cattle or even sheep. Um, so essentially, whatever coaches taught me, I absorbed it, and that's what I did in the 
in the contest. So um, I didn't have any bad habits to break or anything like that. Obviously, I had a lot to catch up on with the reasons, but worked hard at that, and, and that was good. Dude, I am I'm so impressed right now. I mean, you did pretty good collegiately, didn't you? Yeah, we had a we had a good team. Um, there was seven of us. I think of the seven, six of uh, of the seven, five attended junior college, and myself and one other uh, didn't go to junior college. And um, we had a good run. And at uh, Kansas City, we were third, uh, third at Houston. Um, then uh, marked at all the contests in the fall. Didn't mark at Denver, but from there on off, I did and did well at the Beef Expo as an individual. So we had a we had a really good group. Miles Tenius, uh, Brant Smith, Lindsey Terrell, Emily Griffiths, Kyle Wood, uh, Casey Craig, and Stephen Vaughn are our seven that that uh, were on our team. Well, that's awesome, and it sounds like um, it sounds like your teammates definitely had to kind of pull some weight and helping you. And it's it's good that they took the time and and actually went out of their way to help you because you were, as you said, you were pretty green to to judging livestock. So. Uh, that must have been an, a big influence in you having your team kind of step up and and uh, take make a stand for you. Oh, without a doubt, Miles and Brant they both helped me out a lot. You know, if I was struggling, I'd ask them questions, and and they were more than willing to help me and want me to succeed and grow and improve with my reasons. And and uh, certainly couldn't have done it without both of them and and rest of my teammates. Um, but we we worked hard and we had a lot of fun, and it was a truly a an experience that I would, I would not give up. Definitely. Now, now were you on the, you were on the junior board, uh, when you were at Western? Yep. So miles actually was the one that encouraged me my fall semester of my junior year. He said, uh, you know, Cron, I think you'd be really good to be on the NJC junior board. You should think about running. And, uh, the summer of 2011 between my junior and senior year, I, I ran for the junior board and, was fortunate enough to be elected and then uh, was on the junior board my senior year at Western and then my first year during my master's while at Iowa State. Uh, so kind of one one year at, at each university. Yeah, that's awesome. And I I don't know why, but um, this whole time when I met you when you were on the board, because uh, I went to one of the, um, the conferences, NYLC, Yep. I'm Modesto, California. When I met you, I thought that you were in junior college still. And when you told me you were going to Iowa State, I, because I, I think, was David in junior college? Yes, uh, he would okay. have been at Lake. Yeah, he would have been at Lakeland, and we would have been on the junior board at the same time. Yeah, da- <clears throat> David Ammon was at Lakeland. I assume that you guys were at Lakeland together, and then you were going to Iowa State for senior college. I didn't know how old you were. You were, you're pretty old. Didn't they have a... <laughs> Don't they have an age limit on these deals now? Well, yeah, it was, <clears throat> you can't run if you're over 21. And so that was the thing. I had one year that I could have got elected, and that was it. I had one shot. Yeah. And it was actually kind of funny. Um, I knew that going into it. You know, I interviewed during NYLC. That year was in Minnesota in 2011. Uh, then at that time, actually, it was formatted differently. There was actually a voting process by the members uh, to elect who was going to be on the junior board. And I, I mean, I knew quite a few people in the industry, but, you know, was running against some really tough competition. So in the past, there was always junior board members that were running that would give out like pens with their name on it or a bag of candy with their name on it or something like that. Well, I thought, 
Well, I got one shot, go big or go home. So I went and got 350 Frisbees made uh, with NJSA on them, my name, and then Central Region Director, and I handed those out to different kids. And that was a lot of fun because kids would come up, hey, can I have a Frisbee? I said, yeah, you sure can, but you got to run and catch it. So they'd run down the aisle, and I'd throw it to them. And next thing you know, I look over the barn. I remember one time, and there was Frisbees just flying everywhere. And still to this <laughs> day, I'll have people that will come up to to me and say, hey, I have your Frisbee in my show box that I got from you from uh, Louisville in 2011. I said, that's pretty cool. So it was a lot of fun to do that. And, and obviously, I was fortunate enough to get elected. So, Dude, the first time I, I heard that story, I was – I was laughing so hard. I I couldn't believe that. And it's just, as you said, everyone that explains that story to me, they're like, by the end of the week, there was Frisbees going everywhere. And then, (laughs) and then anyone that tells me that story, they're always like, yeah. And my buddy, he still has like 10 of them. (laughs) So so they're still out there. Yep. It was, was kind of funny. I got like black, blue, orange, red, and I got 50 pink ones made. And by far, the pink ones were gone the fastest. Oh yeah! So it was it was kind of fun to to do that and and uh, I enjoy it. That's democracy at its finest, right there. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked though, you know. So can't can't complain. Spend oh no! If, you, if money, you're but... <laughs> if you're buying votes with frisbees, that's a win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny, but yeah. Uh, how did you like your experience on the junior board? It was a, a truly um, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I think the doors that it opened and the connections that I made, um, I wouldn't be to where I am right now without the junior board, and I truly believe that. I mean, that's what opened the door for me to go into grad school at Iowa State. Um, also opened up other doors and people I met within the industry that I still work with on a consistent basis. You know, we had a great team that we worked with. There was 10 of us on the junior board. And, you know, David, you mentioned one of them is is one of my best friends, was in his wedding about a year and a half ago. Dusty Compart, I stay in very close contact with as well. And um, not just the the industry, you know, connections I made, but just the friendships that I developed from it. Um, I, I It's it's truly, um, I can't say enough about that experience and what NJSA has done for me. So exactly, and I, I, if I had to tell you about my experience, that's exactly how I would say it too. I mean, there there are some really good opportunities that you can meet industry leaders and, and get some really good connections. But I, I'd say the number one thing that I brought that I got out of it was the friendships that I made with people all around the country. Yep, and and, and people that I still talk to today. Yep, and you know, you and I, are, I think, are kind of in the same bucket as far as. You know, Wisconsin, Arizona, if you think of those two states, do you consider them pig states or hog exactly. states? Not really, or probably no. No. But, we, you know, you and I took advantage of that, and, and uh, it's paid off dividends for both of us. Yeah, and, and I think Wisconsin is a little closer than Arizona to the Midwest, so you guys <laughs> probably have a little bit of an in uh, <laughs> rather than us. But, no, I, I agree, and I think um, the the whole evolution of – uh, who, which are pig states, which are goat states, cattle states, whatever. It's kind of gone out the window in the last 10 years. Everybody is raising livestock now. And I, I think almost that California's, um, California and the livestock industry is, is becoming one of the bigger states for livestock to come out of. And, 
Arizona's kind of getting we're, we're soaking in on that and trying to be a part of that but I feel like surrounding states and states all over the country are starting to become pretty dang good livestock states except like the northeast but um <laughs> they, they'll yeah. they'll stay out of it but yeah it, it's get it's been pretty crazy I mean even the the northwest is insane right now the the hogs that are being raised up there it, they're pretty dang good and there's a lot of them yeah there's a, I mean pe- different breeders that I've you know worked with in Iowa I mean they'll take a whole shipment of a trailer load of pigs out to Oregon, Washington, Idaho, uh, just because they can't find any of those pigs out there, but they love showing pigs and they love yeah. doing it. So, um, exactly, that's great to see. I mean, look at what the the activities and and the membership has done at the shows and NJSA shows. It's not just growing in Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. It's really in the entire country. Yeah. So that's really cool to see. Exactly. Now after. Uh... We, we got a little sidetracked, but af- after Western and uh, being on the junior board still, and then you, you decided to go to Iowa State, did you always want to um, pursue a master's degree? What, what kind of led you to, uh, to keep going in college? Yeah, so it really kind of came from, you know, I, I got on the junior board in the summer 2011, and also that summer I was had a research and innovation internship with the Mashoffs, and that's what kind of really my mentor that I worked with, Ben Isaacson, um, during that internship, he kind of, you know, lit a fire in me to think about grad school. I, I enjoyed the research that I did. And he thought, well, if you like it, you should think about uh, going to grad school. And he worked with Dr. Tom Boz at Iowa State. And it just so happened, um, one of the directors of the NJSA, that fall that I, after I got a, elected to the junior board, emailed me and said, hey, there's a graduate assistantship available to Iowa State. I think you'd be really good to fill this assistantship. You should think about applying. So I did and, and went to Iowa State, visited with Tom Boz in, the, in December of that year, and then was fortunate enough to, to come to Iowa State. Actually was on a teaching assistantship that first semester, that fall semester, then uh, two and a half years after that, I managed the Al Christian Swine Teaching Farm. Uh, so I was able to work on my master's uh, while managing the farm. So the farm really kind of provides the needs of the pigs for different classes at Iowa state, judging contests, extension activities, things like that. So that was a really unique experience, uh, to manage that farm. Yeah, I bet. And I, I remember going to a, a judging workout there when you were, uh, you were putting on a judging workout at Iowa state and I, we said hello and it was right before bear show and you were getting ready for it. So that's, that's right. That must've been a good time. So what what year did you judge then? That would have been uh, that would have been my the fall of my sophomore year, so fifteen, fall of fifteen. Okay, so that's when we took Visha up to Barrow Show. I think we had it we was had like two a, bo- didn't you have a Duroc board that you were taking up there? Yeah, we had two boards. Two thousand fourteen was Cyclone, and then fifteen was Visha. Cyclone went to a cut above, and Hinker bought it for. 85,000 yeah, of Visha was 15. Yeah, went to SGI and Kelly Sheets. So, yeah, I do remember. Now that you say that, I forgot about that. That's yeah. right. It's all right. You had a lot going on. You don't have to remember <laughs> me. <laughs> no worries. I don't forget about you. I, I try to forget about that Barrow Show trip. We didn't do too good. Casper didn't. That's did right, that though. Crane Pavilion get the best of you? It really did, honestly. I, I went up to the uh, the spot boards, and uh, they gave me a set of data. And my Both my coaches said, hey, 
you you need to follow data here. Um, and I just thought I was smarter than them and smarter than the committee. So I just threw the data out and they followed data to a T. So, Oh geez. And then that didn't really help my reason score out too good either. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like it was a tough day. It was, it was a tough day. I'm going to be honest, like Greg, like that's probably one of the worst days I've ever had livestock judging. And I was so excited to do it. Just like me being a hog guy, mm-hmm. I was so excited for mm-hmm. just a pig contest and I butchered it because I mean, you go in there and it's almost worse with your own species because you think you know more and really you just need to like take a step back and say, Hey, like this is the easy one. Just, just do it. Just punt it and do the easy thing and move on. Yeah. But I, <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. That was one of my problems in, in livestock judging was I just, I got in my head too much. Did you guys do like the pilgrimage and do the full, oh, yeah. you know, trip up? Oh, oh yeah. A, that, that was, I will never forget that trip. That's unique experience. That is it? a great trip. And we, yeah, we stopped by uh, Kelly's and, um, oh, where, where did we stop? I, I'm drawing a blank now. Um, Probably went to Lane's and Pete Hoffman's Berkshire Place. And- yeah, and we stopped at uh, a cut above and. And stuff like that. I don't know. I I can't really. I'm drawing a blank right now, and there's one that I should know. Oh, why am I thinking Hillbilly Bone? Kirk Swanson. Kurt. We yeah. We stopped by Swanson's, and that was my favorite workout, only because um, we were we were the only junior college team there, and the all the others were uh, senior colleges. So we were with we were with like K State and A and M, I think, mm-hmm. and K State was not having a good day and uh they were getting yelled at like most of the day and we thought it was hilarious <laughs> glad you weren't them yeah i was very glad very <laughs> glad i wasn't there <laughs> i think awesome. kane austin was on that team and um i remember just like looking at him out of the corner of my eye and as as there i i'm sure he wasn't i mean he's a god when it comes to livestock judging but um everyone else was just getting ripped Oh, those are the worst days. Yeah, it's all right. I, I see you're judging some showmanship shows. Yeah, now, I did. Now and then. I saw you judge at Expo, like, what was that, two years ago? Uh, just this past just year. Just this past year, yeah. So that's, uh, well, that was exciting. Yeah, you know, tell, things, me, tell me about that experience, please. You know, things come full circle, uh, as you, you know, you realize as well. And when Ellen called me to judge, I was, uh, more than ec- ecstatic to, to judge. And, um, I had, uh, the youngest division and the juniors. And as you would expect, just the depth and the quality uh, of the showman from top to bottom is truly impressive. Of course was like the hottest day of the expo. And mm-hmm. I, uh, r- really enjoyed it. You know, I think I had like, I think 18 classes of the juniors and, you know, we got through two or three classes and Ellen was like, you know, you're gonna have to whittle this down to the top 10 eventually. And I made the first cut, I picked out two to four within every class. And then after the 18, I still had like 35 kids that I picked back. So I had to wean it down to 15 and rework them, picked the top 10 and went and did questions. And gosh, I bet those hogs were wore out. Yeah. And I, I tried to be, you know, it's extremely important. So many people drive countless, you know, hours and hours and send so much time and, 
and money to go to the expo. But at the same time, you got to be efficient, but yet get it right. Exactly. And I think that's the beauty of a, a good judge is making sure that every kid has a good, good look, but not taking until midnight to get everything done. So you got to make up your mind. You got to know exactly what you want going into it and just be efficient and roll right through it. And it was a lot of fun. Always impressive to work with, you know, the youngest division, the novice kids. I mean, there's kids in their 10, 15 deep that, you know, can compete with any divisions. It just shows a testament of the quality of kids in the NJSA and, you know, what that program is doing for their showmanship and teaching kids about showing pigs and the swine industry. And it, uh, I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Dude, I'm surprised you only picked like 30 of them. <laughs> Dude, I would have picked 60. I think like, it's, and it, and they would have had the worst morning of their lives because I would have worked them till their pigs laid down. But uh, <laughs> it's it's expo like all those kids that are showing in that division. They are so determined and they know what the stakes are and they know what level they're at. And like you said, 10 or 15 of them, they can play with the seniors and they can probably beat them. But it all those kids in there. That that's that that's what makes it worth it worth it. When I was oh, working the junior on the junior board at Expo, I always wanted to be in that in that ring with the little juniors because they get oh, it done. They're fun. They're fun. They're impressive to see. Just I mean, at their age, I couldn't. Uh, I didn't start showing pigs till I was ten. But I mean, just how they just have that knack and natural ability at six, seven, eight years old. It's just like holy cow. It's you know, crazy. It's, impressive and it it shows you that the future is is all right exactly <laughs> with yeah, these kids coming up we'll, we'll be all right the the future is bright in the swine industry yeah well are you judging any uh more uh major shows coming up or um i'm doing a uh show in new york in actually about three weeks jackpot show in ohio um i think those are kind of the two big ones right now is um I had got asked to do a couple other ones, but those are kind of during the week and just trying to get settled into the job and stuff uh, before I, you know, miss too many days. So exactly. Let's talk about that. You're at United Animal Health. That's correct. That's pretty new. Yeah, just started in January. So I finished up grad school uh, in December at Iowa State and then started with United in uh, January 7th this year and uh, managing our research farms. United Animal Health is based out of Sheridan, Indiana, which is just north of Indy, about 40 minutes. And uh, then also kind of working a digital scientist role is kind of what it's, what it's called, uh, working with a RFID um, tag that you can use to scan pigs and collect data. So that's, that's really my role uh, with United and really enjoying it so far. Really good team and people I'm working with. So um, it's, it's been a lot of fun so far. Now tell me kind of what your role is. So we have, um, well, there's really three farms that I oversee. There's one uh, in Sheridan. It's our sow farm. And also, so there's there's some nurseries and uh, finishers there. There's about 1,100 sows. Uh, we farrow about 215 sows every five weeks. And it's a batch farrow system. Uh, then they get weaned and either go to our farm that stay there on that location in Sheridan or we have another farm up in Frankfort, Indiana, which is about a half hour from there, and where we have other nurseries and finishers. And then we also have uh, a dairy facility, dairy calf facility, and then also poultry. And uh, I oversee both those farms and also a, fa- a smaller farm, just wean to finish farm in Gridley, Illinois, 
that we bring outside pigs in to do research trials. So essentially my role, there's a farm manager at each farm and I work with them to make sure that the research is done correctly, help them with any questions or concerns that they have, um, just kind of help with the flow of the research and making sure research is getting done correctly. So it's been, it's been really good, really good team at both, at all the farms. That sounds like, um, I mean, you should be used to that. That's basically what you were kind of a farm manager at Iowa state, right? Yeah. So it's kind of perfect, perfect fit. Um, you know, they, when I was interviewing with them last fall, they said, you know, with your experience managing a farm, we think you're a great fit. There was another farm manager. He shifted to another position within the company and they thought, well, you could provide a lot of value for us. You have the research background, you have the experience managing farms. This is a great fit for you. So, uh, that's just kind of where, where I landed. Oh, I'm sure you're doing just fine. And that sounds like a dream come true for you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Now, what kind of, do you know what kind of uh, research is going on? Yeah, so we always have nutritional trials um, that we're always kind of tweaking or changing things within the, the products that we sell. And also, uh, we do some work with mycotoxin binders with high mycotoxin corn. And then also, we're doing a lot, uh, really ramping up with our direct-fed microbials. That's a big thing that that we're working on. Essentially, microbials, good bacteria that you're giving to the pigs or the dairy calves or the or the birds, the the broilers, and essentially, it's a more proactive approach towards health and performance compared to antibiotics, which is a little bit more reactive. So, uh, as there's well, yeah, kind of you, been a you kind of yeah. put that bacteria in and it it does its job, so you exactly. don't have to use antibiotics. Bingo and. Uh, but it's it's been all, it's been really good. So those are kind of the big ones that we're working on right now. And then this Leo is what it's called RFID tags. That's another big one I'm working on. So we can scan pigs in with a a program. We can weigh that pig, enter its weight automatically, and it's a really um, useful and user friendly technology to capture data not only research farms but um, you know use to to monitor. Uh, pig growth and performance and things like that. So that's been a lot of fun. Do you guys um, feed your pigs individually? Like, do they have a tag in their ear that gives them the the feed that they need, or is that I've I've heard of a couple operations doing that. I don't know if it's kind of on the medical side, but um, so those would be kind of in the during gestation for the sows. We don't. We still have stalls that we're using to feed, um, but we have the ability to have free access stalls as well but no we have not on our farms right now done any of that okay i I don't know how common that is do you yeah it's it's something that's going to be a lot more um prevalent in the industry as we've kind of moved away from gestation stalls um and moved more towards pen gestation you know the consumers don't like the the view that gestation stalls give you know we put sows in stalls to monitor body condition so if we can have a RFID tag and when that sow goes to the feeder, it drops the amount of feed that sow needs on a daily basis, we can monitor and give that thin sow more feed compared to a fatter one within the pen, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. And and that, I mean, it it's interesting how the industry is kind of changing to more of a, we got to fit the consumer side of it, um, like industry, like any industry does. Um, but it, it's interesting what the future is going to look like. Uh, yeah within like production uh hog operations yeah it's exciting time in the swine industry that's for sure it sure is well greg that's pretty that's all i had to kind of ask you about um unless you have anything else that you want to kind of plug or talk about or um 
this is kind of your time to shine. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, you know, um, as I talked about earlier with, with you and I kind of being in a similar position coming from Wisconsin and Arizona, you know, for any any exhibitors out there that may be listening, don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to, to go to a different part of the country and learn about something that you're passionate about. But also with that, um, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to fail. Um, I think it's a failure. You can learn a lot, uh, sometimes more than success. So as you go through your career, it's all right to fail. It's all right to not, you know, win that show or get that job or internship that you want. Um, cause it's going to make you better in the end. It's about learning from those failures and improving on it and getting better from there. And, um, I think that's really important. And, um, I've learned probably more from my failures than I have from my success. So think about that, but also get out of your comfort zone. And as we talked about before, I wanted to work with people like Brian Arnold, Brett Case and Mark Hogan and, and, uh, work hard and surround yourself with good people and good things will happen. I promise you that. Exactly. And, and very, very well said. And I think just to add on to that, I think a lot of people coming in this industry don't really know what they want to do or don't really know what, what they, they know they want to be in the agriculture industry, but they just don't know what they want to do specifically. And I think that it's important. It doesn't matter if you don't know what you want to do in this industry. If you want to be involved, you you will be involved. You'll, you'll mm-hmm. find it. Something will come. There, well, there's, a, everyone is needed in this industry right now. We got to have good people. We can talk all day about African swine fever and disease challenges and antibiotic use, but we got to have good people in the swine industry, you know, a true testament of, you know, the NJSA. So I kind of look back and, you know, things fall into place for a reason. Last summer when I was at World Pork Expo, I stopped and I was talking to Ed Tice, who was on the youth advisory board for the NJSA when I was on the board. And I stopped to talk to Ed and another guy came over, um, in the Linder tent. He had a United Animal Health shirt on and I didn't have any idea who he was. And he started talking to Ed and I and Ed walked away and, um, then it, he, we just kind of started talking, never got a chance to introduce ourselves. Well, about 10 minutes later, Ed walks over, he goes, I apologize. Uh, I'd introduce you guys to each other. He goes, Ed, this is, or he goes, Greg, this is Doug Wable, our CEO of United Animal Health. Oh my. And, uh, I thought, holy cow, you know, and, and looking back, I know Ed and he intentionally did that because he knew I was, you know, I was going to impress, impress Doug. And at that moment, Doug goes, what are you doing when you're, when you're done? You need to send me a resume. And I did. And one thing left to another and that led to where I am right now. So That's it's kind of awesome. funny how, how things like that fall into place. That is a great, that, that is a great story. Honestly, it's crazy what, what connections can lead to. And I think, I think every person that I've talked to that I've interviewed already, we, we talk about this subject right here, right now, the connections in this industry are so important. They're priceless. It's not about what, you know, it's about who, you know, sometimes. Well, what, isn't it, um, before you get the job, it's 90% who, you know, 10% what, you know, but once you get the job, it switches. Sure. Yep. 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 Something like that's that. That's good. That's good. But, all right. Well, Greg, well said. And I, I think that you're extremely right uh, with never giving up. And failure is a, a blessing sometimes for sure. I know that I've experienced that. And I'm sure you have too. But I want to tell you thank you again for kind of taking time out of your day to talk with me. No I hope problem. you enjoyed it. 
Oh, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. I appreciate nice. reaching out to me and, and visiting today. No problem. Well, Greg, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Have a good day. Sounds good. Thanks, Cannon. Time's limited, so you must listen carefully. Well, I hope you guys liked that one, and uh, don't forget to like and subscribe and share and follow and, you know, all that jazz. You guys know this social media deal. Just just try to share it. I'd really appreciate it. Um, I've been following a lot of people on Instagram trying to get the word out, so uh, if you guys want to, like, market this for me, that'd be awesome. I would really appreciate that. <laughs> No, but like tell your friends uh, if you if you enjoy this and if you think um, that it's worth listen if it's worth listening to tell your friends if it's not don't tell your friends that's just how it's gonna be I guess but I really appreciate you guys um, I'm I've just all the downloads and the subscribers I love it it's awesome you guys are awesome uh, I love you talk to you later bye bye. <laughs>